shelters are all one gender or the other. I don't know, something about them seems to drive me to violence, and I'm not a violent person normally. I ended up in three fights in a week and a half at the women's shelter around here, and I couldn't curl up next to my man at night. Whew. So, we are recording, and um, hi, and welcome to Someone Lives Here podcast. I'm here, joined by Miriam. Mary. Mary? Yeah, okay. uh, legal purposes, it's Mary Ann, but Mary, Mary. I go by. Okay. Awesome. And um, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast with us. No problem. So um, I guess we're at a better tent city right now. And yeah. um, I guess my first question would be, how did you find yourself here? Um, I've been homeless and staying at regular tent cities outdoors for a good three, four years at the time. We were staying, me and my ex-fiance now, were staying in the uh, parking lot of the soup kitchen downtown in a big tent. And yeah, we knew we were going to be kicked out of there in about a week. Mm -hmm. We knew about Nadine having this set up for about a month and a half before. And Nadine came down and personally invited us to come join her. Because she knows him from the past. Nadine oh. is the uh, on-site coordinator here at A Better Tent City. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. She's been an angel. She had a homeless people living in the back of her convenience store and the city shut that down and this wonderful gentleman with some money in his pocket named Ron Doyle showed up the day she was being shut down and said I have a factory it used to be a place that we ran events from but with COVID going on I can't do that anymore so how about you pack up whatever people you want and come on down to my factory and set up some tents there and we'll make it work and he's the one who first started building the tiny homes and he's now passed away from cancer rest his soul but he's the one who set all this into motion yeah and uh, how, how how do you like being at a better tent city right now? It's certainly better than being in a tent outdoors somewhere waiting for bylaw to come kick us out. Um, you know, it's not the same as having a home, but it's, it's more stable than being homeless. Yeah. It's kind of like being in a rooming home where you have to go outside to get to the bathroom and the kitchen. Okay. And so when you were staying outside, when you were staying in a tent, like what, what did a day look like when like... Winter or summer, big difference. I would like to hear both, yeah. Summer, it was a whole lot easier than winter. Um, me and my ex-fiance set up some pretty extravagant little campsites. One of them was 28 by 15. That's a total of 420 square feet, funny enough. It had a total of four rooms in it. And when we get up there in the summer, it's just a get up, go do your thing. But when you get up there in the winter, you got to get it warmed up before you can go anywhere because you're frigid in the morning. I would set up indoor fire pits out of multiple pots and pans inside of pots and pans inside of, with a fire pit in the middle, basically, so that I couldn't burn the tent. Uh -huh. And you wake up cold, even if you're waking up next to somebody and the fire's fizzling out and you got to start it up again and again just to get yourself going. And you get up in the morning, you make your way to the soup kitchen usually because that's breakfast, get what food you can to take home there. Eventually make your way to the Ray of Hope, which is another drop in and that's where dinner was and... Get whatever food hampers you can along the way and bring them home and start the next day again. It was a constant routine going, going, going until bylaw comes and says you got this long to be out of here. And then you got to pack everything up and try to set up somewhere else. But yeah, it, it started with a 10-man tent, which then we put a six-man inside of that so we could insulate them between the two. And then there was another six-man outside of that. And then I bought actual tarps to put over it one month and... It ended up like skids underneath, skids around for walls, and tents inside of tents, and tarps over top of it all, and constantly fixing it because of snow falling, and it's a lot of work. It kept us busy, sometimes stressed, sometimes arguing with each other, but 
we've relied on each other too. We needed each other. Yeah. And honestly, being here, we didn't rely on each other the same and our relationship kind of fell apart. But I think we're both in better states, even though we're not together. Okay. And what do you, what do you think was like the hardest part of staying outside, staying in a tent? The winter when the tent would be like coming down on us with the snow on top and trying to prop it up with more tent poles or branches or whatever we can get in place. And the tent poles are breaking and the fiberglass is cutting the tent material apart. And the, one time the tent literally shredded around us. We had no tent by the end of the day. Okay. And it's just like, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And we ended up breaking up that day and we ended up both in separate shelters because the girls and guys can't stay in the same shelter. And it just... It went horribly wrong from there for like four months and me and him did get back together eventually, but it was rough. Like our tent shredded around us, literally, from the tent poles. And and socially, like how do you find like when you're staying in a tent, how did you find like the environment around you, like the people around you? And We tried to find areas not around other people because you end up robbed a lot of the time otherwise. Mm -hmm. And the people nearby will be like, oh, I didn't see anybody go near your tent. And then all of a sudden you'll find your things over there. And it's just like, how'd you end up with our things? Oh, so-and-so brought it. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's just, it's better to find an area by yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> and I guess now that you live in a better tent city. We got uh, locking doors. It makes you, a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Bit and of security. Do you, do you like having the community around you when you have the security? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, there's a bit of drama comes up for, with it, but other times it's kind of like nice to just walk out the door and be like, hey, I can go hang out with somebody right there. And I don't have to go scrounge for food because there's food right there. It's mm -hmm. actually a lot easier here. So okay. sometimes I can just hide in my cabin for days. We get a hamper once a week through the food bank, and we go get that on Fridays or after from Nadine. So I've got food in my cabin. I've got a microwave in my cabin. I've got a fridge. Um, I provided an air conditioner, but they are starting to provide them for everybody. And there's a heater that's in storage for me for the winter. Nice. So really I can hide in my cabin for three or four days and only have to come out to the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I guess it might be a sensitive question to ask. You don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable, but, um, I guess before you started living in a tent, like how did you go from living where you were before into being unhoused? Um, well, I had an apartment and, uh, it was way beyond my price range of what I could really afford, honestly. Um, left me with like $200 a month and was supposed to be plus hydro and I couldn't afford the hydro. The guy I was dating was supposed to pay the hydro for me, but he just didn't. So then at first I lost the hydro. Too many people visiting the landlord fucking made a fuss over that. And then me and the boyfriend broke up and he got aggressive and I was in a basement apartment he's coming in through the window the landlord's blaming me I got evicted yeah. obviously with all that to put together and then got an um ended up at the shelter then ended up with the one that I was with that was homeless with him and it was a rooming house and you know, it was kind of rocky even there and eventually we got evicted there too and staying on friends couches until there were no more friends who had couches to stay on and one night we just kind of put down a piece of cardboard underneath a tree just to lay and watch the stars and we weren't really planning on staying there permanently and next day it just seemed like a good place to go back to and suddenly we're building walls up around this mulberry tree on a, on a hill. That's nice though, the mulberries. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while we'd think somebody was nearby when some mulberries started like actually being ripe and they're falling on the outside of the little structure we made and we're just like, who's there? <sighs> Nobody's there. It's just friggin' berries falling. But... 
we were blended in so well with this bush for the first like month and a half. Nobody really knew we were there. Okay. But then when fall started to come, it started to expose itself, and bylaw came up, and yeah, you got to go. And that's how it began. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess while you were, so if you didn't find your way into a better density, what do you think you would have been? Still hopping from bush to bush. Yeah. Setting up whatever little tent or shanty I could. Mm. A lot of times we put together stuff out of that we found out of the trash and made a shanty out of it. And you can get a free tent downtown about once a year each. So that gave us about two tents. But as I said, the tent poles break and they shred the tent now and then. So yeah, and it's a three man tent for two people. So yeah. And that's more like a one person. It's supposed to be a one person thing, but when you're a couple, you both try to share it and then that one gets ripped and you go get the other person's tent, you know? Yeah. It comes with a sleeping bag and sometimes a backpack, usually, from the one uh, community center, health center downtown on okay. Francis Street. I don't remember the name of it, though. I just know it's at 44 Francis. Cool. And Nowhere um, to go, not the name of it. Um, so what does a day look like here, like at a better tent city for you? Um, well, see, I'm one of what they call the key holders. So two of the bathrooms here and two the showers here are all resident only, so... Uh, there's somebody holding the key to those ones at all times, and half the week I am one of those key holders all day. So on those days, I'm basically at home all day with the keys, or at least somewhere on property. My door I've turned into a chalkboard so I can tell people where I am on property so they can come get the keys. Mm. The other half of the week, I'm basically free to go, so I'm a little bit random. I don't really set a schedule if I can help it, so I'll get up and I'll just kind of, I can do whatever on those days. Uh, it's kind of intercontinental shifts, so four days a week, one week, three days the next, and I'm normally day shift. Um, there's somebody else does night shift. I do 12 hours, and I get paid 20 bucks for doing it. Okay. Yeah, every shift. Nice. Um, so on the days that I can run around, sometimes I'll help people that aren't here yet set up shanties outside. Sometimes I'll help around here. Sometimes I just kind of wander until I find something to do. Because mm-hmm. why not? I can now. Mm-hmm. And what what's your favorite part about being here? That I can lock my door and that I can not have to worry about going to find food. There's always going to be food here. And I can always tell somebody, hey, come get something to eat over here. Because now I've, I've got that knowledge, like the ability and the place to go. And they feed anybody here, whether you live here or not. So it's that... Comfort, I guess you could say. Comfort and stability and security in a lot of ways. And the community is a good help, too. It's like social aspect of thing. I've always been kind of a quiet little wallflower, but at the same time, I don't have to be here if I don't want to. If I go away for three, four days, they don't give up my spot. At the one that's run by the region here, if you're gone for three days, you lose your spot. Oh, the other community. The other uh, tiny home community. Yeah, that one's run by the region, not by private and if you're gone for three days they give away your spot if i'm gone for a week i still have a spot to come home to yeah okay and um what do you think makes the biggest difference for you and like in terms of just like how you're doing like while you're here it's really mostly the security the village it'll lock my door and know my stuff will still be there when i come back yeah because I've lost so much over being homeless. I've had two tent fires where I lost everything and people stealing things. It's nice to know that my stuff is safe and I've got a home to come to. Cool. Even if it's just a little room, it's a home. Yeah. 
And um, I guess you, I guess you said earlier that you felt like, yeah, it's not like you don't have everything that you would in like a home. No, it's a little bit smaller than this room here, honestly, but it's a little taller too, I think. But um, it's it's a place that's secure. It's it's got a I've got a bunk bed going in mine right now. Not everybody has a bunk bed. People chose what kind of bed to put in for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's got windows. It's got a door that locks. It's 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 what I need, but it's not necessarily all I'd I'd want. But it's good. It's definitely good. Cool. And um, what what do you hope for for yourself in the future? I would like to get back into an apartment someday, but. I don't know. I don't know if I will at the same time. It's kind of nice to be able to be here and help others too. I like that aspect of helping other people sometimes. So I think if I ever did get an apartment, I'd still have to come out to something like this and help people. I'd like to be able to put more into helping people, if anything. That's awesome. So I guess, yeah, I've been working with the team and we're trying to build a tiny home community as well. Yes, with my friend Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him. He was cool. Yeah. He's a good person. Definitely good to work with. Nice. Oh, do you mind if I... Yeah. Yeah. There we go. And, um, yeah, and I guess one aspect of working on that project is just trying to understand is, like, does this really make a big difference? And it's trying to figure out how do we tell... Well, there's a good amount of drama and a good amount of, you know disputes that come up but you know they do work themselves out eventually and it's it's a bit hard to work around that though but it, for the people that do it, it it does it does yeah and you'll find that the ones that need it most will step up to help you with the drama so we do help Nadine and other staff as much as we can some people do come up that really won't give a hoot and they'll try to ruin it and the rest of them step up and they try to help Okay. And in the end, it all pulls together. And it is definitely worth it to all of us. If you find a lady named Beverly here, you definitely want to interview her because she'll give you the great rundown of just how important this place is to her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess there's a few other little questions that I that I wanted to ask. If you don't feel comfortable You can go ahead. I'll answer most. Okay. Usually. So maybe while you're staying outside in the tent... Like, how often would you say that you had to interact with cops or police? Depends on where we set up. Sometimes the setup would be, like, within a week or two they'd want us out. Sometimes we'd get away with a month or two, sometimes three. But never never more than, like, three or four months before they're coming and telling us we got to get out of there or showing up regularly. Uh, they'd make up excuses to come check out our campsites even. Like the one time they said they were looking for some girl named Ashley. They couldn't give us a last name, but it's the Ashley we know. We didn't know any Ashley. Mm. And they just let themselves right into our tent to look around while one of them stood outside talking to the boyfriend. Our $100 flashlight went missing that night, and the only people that had been there were the cops. It's just like, did they steal our flashlight? Seriously? Um, and one cop goes inside our tent, and the other one's like, is it all clear? The other one's like, I got to go deeper. That was the 420-square-foot one. And... They literally just come up with stupid reasons to come bug us. And they didn't know whether we were technically on crown land or not there and whether they can kick us out or not. And then finally the place just burned down. It's just like, okay, that's a little weird, you know? So it was more often than you'd normally want it to be, but 
Sometimes you'd get away with a little longer than others. Did they did they give you tickets? When... No, they just tell us we had to leave by whatever date usually. I guess if we had stuck around past that date, they might have, but we were usually tried to cooperate as best we could. Get out of there and go somewhere else if we could. Okay. But being in the parking lot of the soup kitchen was kind of like last resort. We don't know where we're going next. And then just as we we're about to get kicked out from there, Nadine showed up and invited us to her better tent city. Uh-huh. So thank the heavens for that, honestly. And, and I noticed today there's a health bus in front. Yep, that health bus comes twice a week for us, uh, Mondays and Thursdays. It's a sanguine, which is a Latin word for blood or to bleed. They are for, um, mostly about hep C awareness, but they come here to help with any of our medical needs, really. I got poison oak a couple of years ago, playing around in the bushes, helping others out, and they help treat me for that. They'll help treat STDs, blood infections, anything going on around here. Wow. Except for breaks and stuff, then they'll cab us to the hospital. Yeah. And uh, do you find that makes a a big difference for you as well? Yeah, I don't know where I would have gone with the whole poison oak thing, because Nadine didn't really want me in her car spreading poison (laughs) oak around. (laughs) So without them, there's a few times it's just been like, well, where else would I go? I didn't have a health card or didn't have that. They'll still take care of you. doesn't matter. And it's supported through TELUS, so it's the TELUS... Um, Seguin Medical Bus is what it technically is. And they've also got a safe supply program between them where they bring around bowls and pipes and stuff for people to use. Uh, they bring around needles too, but I try to ignore that part. And some snacks and such. And that comes Thursdays. Nice. Yeah. And that, that van goes to a lot of the drop-ins and things like that along with the bus. And basically the drop-in centers, the shelters and all that sort of thing, they try to make their rounds throughout them from... Kitchener, Cambridge, and Guelph throughout the week. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty helpful, actually. I think every city that's got a single homeless person in it should have at least the bus, if not the safe supply van as well. And when, I guess when you're staying in a tent, would you have gone to the hospital for the poison oak, or is that something? I probably would have waited till Thursday, then gone to the Ray of Hope and saw the bus there, actually. Okay. Yeah. Because that bus goes to the Ray of Hope, which is a drop-in. And uh, they also run our safe injection site downtown on Duke Street, which is where people can go to use their drugs and be watched by nurses safely to make sure they don't overdose. We're not allowed to smoke anything there, but they can inject, snort, anything that doesn't put smoke into the air and endanger the nurses. Yeah. Do you... Are there many overdoses that happen at a better density? Um... Full-on overdoses to death. We've only had two people die. Okay. And one of them was overdose and one of them was other complications mixed with drugs. Yeah. Um, everybody else, there's been people gone under, as they say, and there's naloxone on site all the time because of Seguin and Aqua. Aqua's the AIDS awareness and another um, safe supply outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, but so basically everybody else has been brought back who's gone under. Um. There's been some close scares. Sometimes I've been worried that they weren't going to, but they made it. Thank goodness. If they hadn't been in a community like this, they probably wouldn't have. Yeah. But everybody's pretty quick to react to that around here. Okay. And um, maybe this could be... I don't use the opioids personally because I don't want to die personally. But I keep naloxone at my house because I've got so many friends who do. There's only 13 people stay here regularly, uh, both formal residents and guests alike, who don't use it. 
Mm-hmm. So I keep it on me because I don't want to see my friends die. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess um, for, I was thinking we could wrap up our interview soon. And um, yeah, I guess I was just wondering, so hopefully if this podcast is successful, many people will see this. And, That'd um, be cool. Yeah. And uh, I guess with that. Grow some awareness. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Save your coins. I want change. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Thank you. Main reason is because I couldn't be with the guy I was dating. Shelters are all one gender or the other. And they're just... I don't know. Something about them seems to drive me to violence, and I'm not a violent person normally. I ended up in three fights in a week and a half at the women's shelter around here, and I couldn't curl up next to my man at night. So it just didn't work. Okay. Yeah, I guess we could, I could ask you more questions about that. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, the other shelters, it's just... It's not a community. It's really very much a shelter, and it's just... It's like being packed into a jail, basically, and... You're stuck with people that you don't get along with necessarily in your room, and there's no changing rooms and nothing like that. And you can't have your other half if, unless you're bi or gay or something, which personally I'm not. I've got nothing against it, but I wanted to curl up next to my man at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many people would you share a room with when you're staying? Up to three other people. Yeah. Yeah. Here I've got my own place unless I decide to have a roommate or unless I'm dating someone. Which decidedly, I have a cousin staying with me, but that's my own choice here. Mm-hmm. It's not just somebody they randomly set me with. And um, did you ever get kicked? So have you ever been kicked out of the shelter while you're staying in one? I've been uh, given a two-day ban from one once, but then trying to get back in, you got to wait for an open bed again. So it ended up lasting more of a week. But yeah, I, I ended up in a physical with somebody and... It was ridiculous, and she was accusing me of stealing drugs I don't even do on my birthday. I'm sorry, whether I do them or not, if I want it on my birthday, somebody's going to give it to me. I'm not going to have to steal it. But that was besides the point. I don't do that stuff. And I'd already helped her pay off her debt three times earlier that month, and it was only the eighth of the month. And I just lost it and snapped and lunged at her. Okay. Yeah. And, um... So how many, how much time would you say you've spent staying in a shelter? I've never stayed at a shelter for more than four months before I couldn't take it anymore and had to get out of there. I can't say for sure how long altogether, but never more than four months at a time. Couldn't do it. Yeah. I go stir crazy. It's like when you try to domesticate a squirrel. It's okay for maybe a year at most, but after that, it literally goes squirrely. I was doing the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's why outdoors was better for me until this came about. Here you can be with your partner. You can be with your pet. You can't take a dog to a shelter unless they're a service dog. You can take your dog here. You can take your bunny rabbit here if you want. Like, it doesn't matter. You can have pets here. And you can have your other half by your side. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we will end the interview just now. And, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Awesome.